The Pat Kenny Show with Aviva Insurance. Weekdays at 9 a.m. on News Talk. Now, uh, on to uh, other matters. Allowing children to express their emotions can help them deal with the real world by allowing them to express their anger and then deal with it effectively, children gain a better understanding of what they are feeling and why. Now, to give us more insight into this, I'm joined by a child and educational psychologist, Dr Elaine McCarthy. Elaine, good morning and welcome. Good morning, Pat. Thanks now, for having me. Um, when we think of ch- ch- children getting angry, we think of the tantrum. We think of the mortification when a child acts up in the supermarket, you know, goes over to the very tempting row of sweets and chocolates at the checkout and grabs one and then won't give it back. And are we supposed to say, that's fine, love, just express yourself? <laughs> I think that would be every parent's worst nightmare, Pat, if I, if I agreed with that statement. I think you've, you've hit on something really interesting in the right off the bat in that it's the parent's reaction that you've named, you know, that sense of mortification, that sense of feeling out of control. And often we can become so caught up in that feeling for ourselves that we forget our role as co-regulators with our child. So I suppose just to peel it back, all of us are born with the full gamut of emotions, um, but we're not all we're not born with the ability to regulate those just yet. And I suppose children learn how to regulate their emotions in the context of their relationships. So over time, through repeated validation and support and conversation and through modelling of parents, children will learn to regulate their anger. Anger peaks at, in kind of late toddler years, early childhood, and that's probably the peak supermarket tantrum mm-hmm. position. Yeah. Um, and but presumably, I mean, I, I would know looking at, say, uh, a pet, a dog, mm-hmm. that the dog is trying to tell you something by barking, by doing something, maybe standing at the door, or whatever the dog might be. Mm-hmm. They're desperately trying to communicate with you. Presumably, a child's anger is trying to tell you something. Well, all of our behaviours are communication and um, anger is certainly trying to tell us something and children don't necessarily have the vocabulary to express what's going on in their bodies. So often a reaction that's at their fingertips is that very big explosive anger. And sometimes as parents and caregivers, we can have missed subtle cues in the lead up to these big reactions. So I suppose it's about thinking about what's underneath the behaviour and bringing this to mind, I suppose I always like to think about an iceberg. So what we see on the surface is maybe a very loud, very big, very disruptive. But underneath that, there may be lots of other feelings and events and context, mm. I guess. Now, obviously, um, let's take that example of the checkout and the chocolate and so on. And uh, the child sees loads of chocolate, doesn't understand. Well, you know, you have to decide to buy chocolate and you have to decide to pay for it and so on and so forth. But the child sees something that he loves. And therefore, why can't I have this? There's a lot of it there. No one's going to miss it. <laughs> so how do you negotiate? Do you negotiate? The, and I'm only giving that as an example. Mm-hmm. It could happen in any, could be a soft toy in a, a department store. It could be any anything. How do you negotiate with that child who is, you know, embarrassing everybody? Although I suspect that most per- parents who are there are saying, thank God it's not mine. Or I've been in that situation. (laughs) Thank God it's not mine. Not me this time, maybe, Pat. Um, I suppose that anger is coming in the response uh, to having a a rule set or a boundary and and, you know, not being able to attain what they what they want. It's important as parents that we we hold our framework and our boundaries really securely, because actually the rules that we put in place for our children are what make them feel secure. So, yes, you'll have these hiccups and 
bumps along the road. But it's looking at the overall picture. We also have to remember that actually those types of tantrums are developmentally appropriate um, while they're, you know, you know, embarrassing and difficult to manage, they are appropriate depending on the age of our child. And what we do know is that over time, that these these incidences reduce and reduce mm. once, I suppose, the yeah. boundaries are held for the child. Now, that, that might be easy to do in the context of home. Mm-hmm. You know, the child acts up at home and you have this very calm um, way of dealing with it. You explain to the child, yes, sometimes mummy gets angry too, da-da-da-da, uh, but that's not the right way to to get what you want. I mean, if you ask nicely, it's a, that's one thing. In the public arena, it'd be <laughs> very hard to keep that that approach. It absolutely is. And I suppose that's why a lot of the advice around managing our children's anger would be to do with how do we regulate ourselves in that moment. So it's important that we maintain our own calmness and that we're the calm in their chaos, for the want of a better word. Um, so we would be encouraging that parents would maybe take a breath, hold firm on their boundary and just try to move the situation along quickly. At, at the end of the day, I suppose our children rely on us to put in the rules and to, to uphold them. And while they might not always like them, they're important for maintaining structure and safety in, in our lives. Um, so that's the thing. Have your, make sure you have your own policy and you try as best you can to adhere to it in, in all circumstances. And none of us are perfect. You know, sometimes it's easier to buy the buttons. But I guess it's what you do in the, in the broader context. Most often that's most important, you know. Yeah. And you know that ad, you've probably seen it on television where the kid is acting up in, uh, in a supermarket and it prompts someone to go off and buy condoms. <laughs> <laughs> that's not the kind of impulse purchase that maybe rather was in than mind. have one of those. Um, uh, there's other stuff though going on in children's lives, and uh, is out of our control. Um, where we allow it to get out of our control. Just looking at that uh, survey about smartphone use, twenty four percent of six year olds have their own smartphone. I think that's so what are they seeing? What mm-hmm. what influences are they being exposed to? I think that that headline has surprised everyone today, Pat. Um, I think, again, as parents, our, we have to remember that our role is around teaching and education and that we're the ones who put in the boundaries. I guess we need to think about, well, what do six-year-olds need mobile phones for? And while they, it might be something that they would like to have, if it's not a necessity, I, I would imagine yeah. that it may be best to, to not allow such young children have access. We, we think and talk a lot about the rise in anxiety in our children and also in adults. And I I wonder how much of that is linked to this idea of continuously scrolling through material online. And we also can't control for what our children are seeing. So... Yeah, there are parental controls available. Only 28% of parents use uh, their parental controls, which... And I wonder if some of that to do with, you know, knowing how to install those controls or how to use those. I think we need to think very carefully. We have taught our children how to maybe cross the road safely. We have taught them not to accept street sweets from strangers. So therefore, we need to really think carefully about how we're going to support them in learning how to use yeah. phones and the internet. 45% of 10-year-olds are allowed to use their smartphones in their bedrooms. I mean, crazy. Well, it's, 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 it's certainly, I suppose, rife with danger. And yeah. I think that... Um, Besides what they access themselves, the bullying that can happen... And they're confined to their bedrooms and is it's happening to them. And and the, it's, it's the unknown, I, I suppose, Pat. You know, there's there, when we were going to school, we could close the door if there were bullying situations. But now it's in, in our children's hands day and night. And that's something that really, again, I would suggest that parents would 
educate themselves around and, and also maybe consider setting firm boundaries. As adults, we have a hard time monitoring our use of phones. So we can't really expect our children to self-monitor. Yeah, as you're scrolling, put that phone down and you're scrolling your own phone. All right. Dr. Elaine McCarthy, child and educational psychologist, thank you very much for joining us in the studio today. Thank you, Pat. The Pat Kenny Show with Aviva Insurance. Weekdays at 9am on News Talk.